He said the truth lies outside of all fixed positions. No, it doesn't. The truth lies inside fixed positions. Hi, this is Mick Tully, and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. Hey guys, on today's show, it's a real honour and a privilege for me. I've been trying to grab this guy for a while now. We first met a couple of years ago at a, I think it was the martial arts show in Coventry for Quaklin Wan. I knew who Paul was, but I, to my shame, I didn't know how good he was. I've got today with me the one and only... And before you think it's the designer Paul Smith, who's like a multi-millionaire guy from Nottingham, it's the other famous Paul Smith, easily one of the top five Wing Chun guys in the UK. All right, Paul, thanks for coming on, bro. Thank you very much. No worries, no worries. What an introduction. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's a hard sell now, right? It's a hard sell. So we're going to start at the beginning. How did you get into martial arts? Well, I was really young. I don't know what age exactly, maybe five, six, seven years old, and I've got an older family. My mum had me when she was 42. Wow. So all my cousins and stuff are all a lot older. And I had a cousin who was actually my godfather. Um, unfortunately, he's dead now. But at the time, he was the highest-ranked judo instructor in Scotland. Wow. William Carrigan. Right. So he, he used to take me to, to the judo when I was only a boy. I lasted a few years there. But I always wanted to, when I saw, you know, the Kwai Chang Kane, the Kung Fu. Oh, yeah, yeah so man. punch and kick people, you know. Yeah. So that, that was my thing. So I, I, I looked into karate. I started, my first style of karate was uh, Nanbudo. Don't you ever heard that? I do know, yeah, Nanbudo. Yeah. So I'd done that for a few years as well. And uh, at the same time as I was doing the karate, I was boxing. And where was this? in? This is in well, it's Glasgow. It's, I'm originally from Hamilton, which is near Glasgow. And I used to go to the Planter Miners Welfare Boxing Club. That uh, sounds like a tough gym right It was right a there. tough gym. Um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name that, that owned it. That ran it um, but he had a lot of ABA champions. I'm trying to remember his name now. Um, but anyway, I, I used to... The reason I went to that gym was a funny story. I was 11 years old. I remember this as clear as day. And um, we were sitting in a classroom and this guy kept picking on this other guy. Now, the guy he was picking on wasn't a very small guy. By my standards now, he's a small guy, but right. he was, at the time, you've got to remember, I was 11, so he was 11, and he was a welterweight, Scottish junior welterweight boxing right. champ. Didn't know us at the time, right? But it soon became apparent. The guy kept picking him, and eventually he stood up. His name is uh, Peter McGuinness, and he stood up, and he, and he just slapped this guy. Bah, 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 bah. But very lightly. Right. Just like a few jab, you know, cut. Yeah, yeah. Things. And the guy just straightened right up. Yeah. And he says, now, F off, you know. Yeah. Before I, I, I close my fists. Yeah. And uh, I thought, oh, that looks amazing. Yeah, I'll have some of that. And so I did. I, I said, hey, Peter, I says, where do you learn that? And he said, it's a Blind Tire Miners Welfare Club. But that's where I was already training in the karate. Right. So I found out then that the nights. And then that, so I used to go straight after school. Yes. And then my dad used to pick me up when he was coming home for work and take me home. Right. So I did that for years. And uh, then I joined, I didn't like the Nanbudo style, which is, this is really funny, because I didn't like the Nanbudo style of karate because it didn't look like the karate that Chuck Norris and that was doing. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was a mix of you know, yes. kung fu stuff as well. I said, I don't want to do that, I want to do the proper karate. Yeah, you know? get in there, yeah. So I started doing Shotokan karate, and i done that um, from, let's see, about maybe 12, 13 years old, right up to I joined the army when I was 18. And uh, so you see, this is the thing, right? The one thing I love, one thing I love about doing podcasts is I get to be nosy <laughs> and be polite about it. The army, I never knew you were in the army. I was in the army, yeah. How long for? I was in there for five years. Right, who with? I was in the Royal Artillery. I was really? a physical training instructor. Oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. 1984, 1989, I was in. Right. And uh, uh, um, what, what, what was the reasoning behind it? Was there a military history in the family? Or? Well, my dad, my dad fought in World War Two. He was born in 1919. So he, fought, he was in the Cameroonian Scottish Rifles, fought alongside the Gurkhas. Jesus. So when, see, when I, let's say, my, my life was full of ups and downs, right? More downs than ups, unfortunately. Yeah. But, so uh, when I when I was leaving school, my dad, my dad used to say to me, he died when I was I was 17. Oh, I left right. school when I was 17, and um, but he used to say to me, the only way you're going to learn is the hard way. 
that's 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 just your way. You're only going to learn the hard way. And he was right. <laughs> because it's not because I'm stupid. Sometimes I'm stupid, but I have to know. I have to know. You know, it doesn't matter what somebody says to me. I have to know. It's a very hard uh, and it costs a lot of money. But you never forget the lesson. Never forget the lesson. Forget and that's why that crosses the T's and dots the I's with me a lot. Because when people ask me why I rate you so much, especially in Wing Chun, I said because he's the only one that wouldn't take any of the bullshit. Uh, because... Yeah, as you'll see later when we get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you know, you know what I, you know what I yeah, mean about yeah. about it. So tell me more. So, well, um, I, when I, when I, as my dad was dying, kind of thing, you know, he was getting ill. It was a uh, prostate cancer, and, you know, and then other complications. Yeah. But uh, I stayed on an extra year at school, so I left when I was seventeen, and I got a you remember the old YTS. YTS, a youth training system. Yeah. Scream, yeah. Yeah. So so I, I got a, a job in the YTS as an engineer. Right. So it was a six month course, and at the end of the six month course, I got kept on for another six months. There was kind of talk about apprenticeships, but there was absolutely nothing solid. But then an apprenticeship came up for a mechanic, and my dad was a mechanic, That's, that was his trade. He, he died when he was 62, way back in 1982. And uh, even then he could fix digital, digital watches were just coming out. He could fix digital watches, TVs, fridges, cars, you name it. Me, really? You know, I, I was about 12 before I, I knew that a car had a battery. That's how stupid <laughs> I, I, I wasn't interested. I wish I was interested. I wish yeah. I took more interest in that. But anyway, I, I, he was so chuffed. He was so chuffed. I, I, I was an engineer. I was yes. an engineer. And then, uh, unfortunately, he died um, before, actually, before I started the actual course. But then, at the end of this, towards the end of the, the second six months, nothing was looking stable. Yeah. And then this, I put this job came up as a, a apprentice mechanic, so I went for it and I got it. Right. So I worked in this garage, and the guy was just an. an can I swear? Yeah, it was swear <laughs> away. The, the guy was an ass, right? Yeah. An absolute ass, and all I I did was I swept up a lot, which is fair enough, you know. Yeah. But you can only do it so many times, especially sometimes when he's not busy. Sweep the floor, sweep the floor. Yeah, just look so, busy. That's yeah. my favourite line. Yeah. And uh, so then it, I would get stupid jobs to do. There was a, a Formula Ford racing car in there. It was some rich guy's car, and I used to have to polish it with auto saw and make it all buff and that. And I wasn't really learning anything. So yeah. it eventually it gave me a, a, a logger, no loggerheads, and then I was just gave Come. me jotters, you know. So then I became a landscape gardener for the council, <laughs> working with the lowest form of life you could ever imagine. Monday morning was was it was, was like a market. Of all this stuff that was stored at cars and houses, and you want to want to buy a, it was a video recorder back then. You want to buy a video recorder, a TV. Oh, this is in Glasgow. Stereos, yeah. Wow. So, so it was just scumbags, absolute scumbags. Now, um, jumping back, so I, I, I had three stepsisters, which I didn't find out about until I was about fourteen or fifteen. Um, so when, obviously when my dad died. There was a lot of them cut for the funeral, and then they kept they started coming up regularly to visit. Yeah. And uh, my life was going nowhere. You know, standing there taking holes. Nah, it's not great. It was soul destroying. But then uh, one of them, again, remember, it's, it's, it's an older family. Um, I've got there's one of my nephews who's actually older than me. Right. Um, and these all these guys were in the army. They were all in the Royal Artillery. And um, my brother, one of my brother-in-laws, he said to me, um, "Why don't you join the army?" And I tried to join the army years ago. And my dad was like, no danger, you know, because he, he was in the army, blah, blah, blah. It just wasn't happening. I, I even tried to join the police. That was my, that's my, that was always my first love was the police. Same here. See, I my mum wouldn't always. let me do it. My mum wouldn't let me do it. It's too dangerous, too dangerous. Yeah. Right, so my life wasn't going anywhere. And he said, why don't you join the army? And you can become a, a physical training instructor. You can get paid for teaching people and this and that. And the boys, they were on the same regiment. They could claim you when you, when right. you finish your basic training. I thought that sounds brilliant. So I joined the army and I joined the artillery. Again, if it was, um, well, what, I'll tell you what happened. When I joined the army and I got in the artillery, done the passing out parade and all the rest of that, went to go to my regiment, they couldn't claim me. It was only blood relatives, your dad or your brother. Right. So if I'd have known that at the time, before that time, I would have joined the military police. Yes. See? That's what I was going so, for, yeah. So uh, I end up in the artillery for no apparent reason, basically, yeah. right? So it was me. I'd never been abroad in my life. Didn't own a didn't own a passport. I'm now 19 years old, and I'm shipped off to Germany. 
on my own, no friends, nothing, just went boof, out to Germany, 1985. Wow. I went to Germany. And whereabouts in Germany Dortmund. went? Were you in Dortmund? I know Dortmund well, yeah. I was, I was 19 field regiment, and there was a 3-2 and 5th heavy was next door to us. Yes. There was a 12 and 2-2 two, two air defence was way, way down the other side. And um, when I, all the time I was there, for, for four years, I was the army, army was a regimental boxing champion, I, was, I won the army boxing championships. Wow. So I was regimental champion, three years undefeated, uh, four years undefeated, and then one time I, done, I won the, the, the army championship. Jesus, I never and, knew this. Yeah, and all my fights, only two ever went the distance, the rest were all first round knockouts. <laughs> what? But during this time, um, before that time, um, I was always reading the magazines, this was going way back, um, to, do you remember Derek Jones? Uh, I was, we were only on about him literally half an hour ago. Well, Derek Jones. Um, mind, body, mind, body, spirit. spirit. Yeah, yeah God so, rest so his soul, he, eh? He, yeah, he, he, I mean, he was making it work. He was out there and he was beating everybody up. Yeah. And then I used to read about, I, I can't remember all the other guys' names and stuff. But they were What, his, his so, students? I don't know if they were, I can't remember. Simon Oliver? I, I, I could never remember. Yeah. Guys name. That does ring a bell, though. Yeah. But there were some people who were entering some kind of tournaments anyway, and they were winning. And and I, I, I've always looked at this thing, I thought, that's what I want to do, Wing Chun. But there was no Wing Chun in Scotland. Yeah. No Wing Chun. So I just stuck with my karate in my box, and I was happy with that. Went to Germany, and I was good with this girl, and I, but I was Wing Chun crazy. I had all the books and everything, you know. Yeah. I, I knew there was nothing I didn't know about Wing Chun. It was, it was around at the time. And we were driving down the road, and she just goes, is that not that style you like? And she pointed to this door. So I turned the car and boom, sure enough, Wing Chun School. So And who was that with? It was a guy called Dirk Nelson. Right. His name it was Dirk Nelson. And um, so the girl I was with, she was German, so she would speak to him in German. Because um, I didn't really know much German. He couldn't speak any English. And he said he didn't take any foreigners in his class. I was like, fair enough for that. So he was asking me loads of questions to her and, and, and he realised that this guy's really keen, you know, he knows everything. Yeah. And uh, and so he said, okay, he said, um, I'll teach you privately if you want to learn privately. Whatever, That'll do, yeah. Whatever. So I used to have three private lessons a week with this guy. Three a week. Wow. And I, and I, and I had that from 1985 to 1989 before I left. Now, he was a, he was a, for what I gather, he was a, a, a bare-knuckle fighter for money. Right. So all the stuff that we did was, was completely functional. Tried and tested, yeah. And uh, even exercise, he had a, a weight bench. It looked like a massive triceps bar. But it, but it was it was on, it was for benching with your fists in this position. Wow! So so you're getting learning to get the power. Yes. That, that position. So we used to so we used to do some of that stuff as well. And he had a big massive heavy bag. We used to make me punch it so it was almost like a forty five degree angle, and keep it there. Just wow! It just with a chain punching, yeah. right? And it, so he used to teach me. He taught me. He teach me the first form straight through. You know, as quick as I could learn that, he would teach me the second straight through. Then he would teach me the third straight through. Then he sat up on the dummy to go straight through. Because he believed that there's no point in teaching you any cheese or anything like that unless you know the techniques. Because sometimes you know you'll say, okay, we'll do this move here, and this is like say a double gancer or whatever, and you go, what's yeah. a double gancer? So you had to know the forms. But as we're going along, he was teaching me obviously the applications, which he believed was the applications of the forms. And uh, and then when we got to the cheese out part. You used to cheese out. I used to wear a, a, a steel mask, like a fencing mask. Yes. And you used to bang, not not like full power, but you used to whack them in. Because he taught me defence first. He goes, anybody can hit anybody. Yeah. He says, but to stop somebody from hitting you, that's where the, the skill is. So he taught me defence first, and then he would teach me counters. Wow. And uh, so that went on, obviously, until I left. And then when I left, back to Scotland, no Wing Chun again. Right. So I was, okay, fair enough. I went back to karate. I went, I, I went to um, a style called Takedo. Takedo, yeah. I'll try something different. Takedo. Yes, I remember. So, so I won the British Championships in Takedo. That was, I uh, was, am um, I getting this right? Was Takedo was that Master Pete? T. Yeah, it was t was Peter t Baines, Peter Baines and Sergeant Baines, because they they were down in Coventry because uh, a, a friend of mine, Mick Hockian, Mick Hockian was the lightweight world Takedo champion, right. and everyone was like, "It's Takedo, it's Takedo," and I was like that. I was saying. How many people do this, you know? And I'd never heard of it. No, I'd never heard of it either. But it was like it, it was like all in. Like I, I don't know what, what the rules you fought under. But it was like everything. And I was like, 
It's quite. It was quite a wild style, but it was a lot of kicking. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of kicking. And you had to get. Yeah, I think. I think you had to get ten or ten or. It was around the time when you had to get eight kicks over the waist. That's right. Uh, and Takedo was like twelve kicks over the waist, so you had to kick more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you had to kick more than any other art. But and then what you do is you get the lads to go and they get the kicks in and then they would just kill each yeah, other. It was, it was like the old army melon. It was like the melon, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, and then, so I did that for a while, but there was a guy who was training there and he was a kickboxing champion, a guy called Ronnie White. I don't know if you've heard of Ronnie White. I've heard that name, yeah. Kickboxing champion. And he said to me, because I, I was a bit rough, and he said, uh, he goes, you'd be better training with my, my Uncle Frank. And I saw that it's shotgun karate this guy was teaching, but it was uh, after each class he had an open class where anybody for any art could come in. Yeah, and just had a, a go. Have a go, yeah. So I thought, well, that sounds quite good. So I did that, but in the meantime, I was sending away. I was writing letters to people way back. Yeah, that's a great crack. And uh, to any anybody, any Wing Chun in, in the Scottish Scotland area and whatever. And then. There was a guy called Nick Smart got back to me. Yes, right? from and, Wing Chun. Uh, yeah, T C H U N. That's Wing what he has Chun. now, but he, yeah. was, he was under the uh, Lung Ting. Yeah, first. Um, was the was the German guy under Lung Ting as well? Was he? Because most guys in Germany that's, were under uh, Keith Kernspeck. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, the multi-millionaire. Yeah, but do you know what? I don't know if you know this. I've been to his castle. Hi. Yeah, in Heidelberg. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Kernspeck's got some serious money. Yeah, uh, everyone's like, yeah, I what. Just as a quick aside, I always like that because, you know, you'd meet the guys who did like Lung Ting's, Ving Chun or whatever they called it at the time, yeah? Just call it WT. WT, they do <laughs> call it, they call it WT because it, you, they didn't want it to look like WC, That's like a toilet, good. right? Yeah? <laughs> and uh, famously, that was where William Chung and Amin... Amin Yeah, I mean, they, and like, this is the funny thing with Keith Kernspect, they always said, his Wing Chun's awesome. And I was like, yeah, but you know, he's a pretty decent wrestler as well. Decent boxer as well. And he was cross-training mm -hmm. way before That's anyone right. else was, right? And then they run about, it, because we're of the generation that we remember. Do you remember, like, I, I have to admit, even as a young man, I used to see it. And it was, William Chung would say, he was the world's premier street fighter. That's right. It was in Combat Magazine. Yeah, in Combat Magazine. Yeah, and right. that's a wild oh, boast, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that in a pub let alone the rest of the world. Yeah. And then he fought Amin Bastepi, right? And I liked it because he, he fought him and then when he lost, it was like the floor was slippy. And uh, then, yeah, and then Amin uh, turned around. Kung Fu shoes. I yeah, yeah. Them, and Amin Bastepi turned around and said, well, it was slippy for me too then. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, it's true. Yes. But, but the, th the thing is about boat tapers, you know, they, they, they reared him up yeah. for that challenge, right? So, you know, I mean, I'm not taking it away from him, you know, it's his attributes is what made him more than his Wing Chun. But um, he was a 20-odd-year-old guy fighting a 60-odd-year-old Chinese yeah. man, you know what I mean? It's uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit, bit, bit naughty. Yeah, but, but he got, I mean, obviously, like you said, if, if you're going to stand there and say, I'm the world's premier street fighter, you're asking. You're, yeah, you're, you're, uh, this is open season. Yeah, 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 so, Nick Smart. Nick Smart, yeah. So, but was, you know, what was bizarre about all this, right, was he got back to me saying... Uh, I've got a German guy who's teaching in, in Livingston, a place called Livingston. Yes. Right. So, so it was maybe only about forty-five minutes drive from my house. So that the letter I got that night was the class was on that night. I went straight up to this class. Jesus. Straight up. That's to this class. commitment. But I, but I, my knowledge level was greater than his because I've been training longer. Right. Um, but it was still somebody to train with, and it was something different. And uh, so so he he was eventually he was leaving. This was after about. I don't know about a year or so. He had he had he goes the bad stuff. He had enough of Nick Smart, right? Right. I, I, I never bothered with politics, and I still don't bother with politics. So anyway, I thought, oh well, that's that finished then. And um, but then Nick Smart contacted me directly, and he said, um, uh, "Oh, this guy, Dirk, uh, his name was Dirk as well. I'm sure it was. I can't remember what his second name was." But um, anyway, he, he promised to get a seminar for me. And that, can you get that? And I thought, well, maybe I could rustle some people up. So I did. I got a seminar for next month. And then I used to go do. I used to go to his place down in Southport. Southport, yeah, yeah. At, at least once a month, I would go down there. I trained by Loin Ting there a couple of times as well. And yes. I was the first person to bring Loin Ting to Scotland as well. So I brought him twice to Scotland. Did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And uh, I'm also when I, when I get to it as well. I'm also the, the first and only person 
to bring Grandmaster Yip Ching to Scotland. He, 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 he done a seminar for us in Edinburgh. Right. This is way back in 1996, I think it was. Jesus. Right, so. There's that, pictures of me on Facebook with him at Stirling Castle, me and Yip Ching and stuff. Yeah, well, it's mad because when you came back from Germany, I was just going to Germany. <laughs> so literally, when the when the wall came down, that's when I went over. Uh, yeah, I went, I went I went over there, and I even Germany, I loved it. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful country. Yeah, I'm I'm married. That, that, this, that girl was there. We were together for ten years, so we'd always go back two or three times a year for holidays and stuff. Like oh. that. But every time I went back, so I'm, I'm jumping a wee bit. Um, so anyway, I was training my next mark for a while, yeah. like three years or so maybe. Uh, so, but he started getting a bit funny. It was all about money and that as well, right? And uh, so we 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 kept me a, a bad end. We don't need to get into no, no. details, but we kept me a bad end, right? I, I, I can't stand all that shit. <laughs> so so, but, but well, I was still training. I was training in Germany. I was training. Um, there's a guy called Sally Avci. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He, he, him and Butchdale. Were yes. Really I used to train with Sally Avci. Right. So I used to go to his class, and the, the 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 very first lesson I went there, he knocked a, a guy out. Yeah, he's a legit. Out. He's a legit yeah, and I, man. I, thought, oh, I love this. Yeah, you know, and, and and the training was just full on. You were soaking when you finished. Yes, what, what I think martial arts should be all about. Oh, <laughs> you get guys in here and, and and they'll do two hours training and not even one of them is breaking a sweat. You know they were within stuck within five should, minutes. You should be you should be sweating. Incredible. So I, and I would come back and I'd say to you next month. Um, so what about this technique? And they would they would and you go, I I know they've got it all wrong. They don't they don't know how to do this properly. Or don't you worry yourself that you're not at that level yet? Oh, that was my, that's my favourite line. That is. Yeah, I've had that. I've had that before. Yeah. But anyway, so I, we we had a we had a bad fight, and then I, I was um, I was sitting there. And I thought, oh, what am I going to do now? And uh, my wife at the time she said, uh, she goes, why don't you uh, go to Sam Cock? I said, I'm not going to Sam Cock. Shit. Because I had his, his, his video, <laughs> and it, it was absolute pants. You know, I yeah. thought, I'm not, that's rubbish. Yeah. She goes, well, why don't you just give him a chance? I went, okay, right. So I phoned him up. This was on a Wednesday. I phoned him up on a Wednesday, and I was down there on a Sunday. And uh, so he, he was there, and he brought two guys with him. One was a guy called Martin Briley, who, in, the, in the, that organisation at the time, really, he's an enigma. Right. He's absolutely amazing. And then there's another guy called Billy Davidson. So, um, Sam Cox said to me, he goes, oh, why don't you hit me like that? So I tried to hit him and he couldn't hit me. I couldn't hit him. And, uh, and he was controlling me quite well without hurting me and stuff. I thought, you know, that takes a good degree of yeah. skill. Because you've got to remember, and I've been through all these years of karate. And, uh, I, oh, I, and I, so when I came back from the army, right, yeah. I got my black belt with, 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 in order in Shotokan. Jesus! Took me, it took me all these years. Right, wow. so, so I was a brown and white belt when I joined the army. So when I came back, I thought, you know, I have to get back in this. And then I, I went through all that stuff. So I had to finish that. I had to finish it. Yes. Right? And uh, But then the, the Wing Chun really took off then for me. Yeah. Really took off. So I kind of took a back seat. But um, where was I there? Why? So we had a play with some cheese and he was, again, tremendous. And then I had a go with Martin and, and, and Billy. So I'm looking at this guy and I'm thinking, well, he's controlling me easily without hurting me so that's a good degree of skill and then these two guys here these two students they're really good as well so he's obviously a good teacher so that was uh, that must have been when was that now in 1991 something I can't remember 92 whatever um, and, I, and I, I stopped him for many 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 years and uh, I entered some competitions you know uh, it was a uh, I don't know what you would call it Sanchu Lai Tai stuff Sanchu so, so yeah it's, it's, you were out to you the only ground fighting you could do is if you took somebody down, I can't remember what it was five or ten seconds you had. Yes. To get to get the lock on or the, the, the hold on. Yes. Or, or the referee would stand you up. So to me that was pretty good because if you're good at grappling and you take somebody to the floor, you know your your throw would get you in the correct position. Boom, and you're there. Yeah, you should be there. Yeah. yeah. So because in the street that's all you've got. Yeah, but you don't want to be scrambling around, no. do you? So so I, I, I fought I fought in them, and uh, and I, and I, I won I won all the ones there, there, there's. A controversial one, I'll tell you about this controversial one here, right? There was a guy, I'll not mention his name, because if he listens to this, he'll know who he is. Uh, um, <laughs> I should mention his name, right? Because it was an arsehole thing he did. So, anyway, I, I fought this guy uh, in the semi finals. Now, the guy I fought is an amazing fighter. He's a film star now, right? He's a guy, he's called Mark Strange. I know Mark Strange, yeah. And I fought Mark Strange and I knocked him clean out. 
Mark Strange, he, he, he had the spiky hair there for a long time. That's right, yeah. Yeah. So, so me and him fought, because it was funny, because the year before, he, he won his uh, weight category, I won my weight category. And for some reason, I don't know whether he went up one or whatever, but I could never get done one anyway. So he right. uh, came up one, or they opened the weight category. But yeah, I don't, I don't catch know. weight maybe, but yeah. we ended up in the same division. Category. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, I mean, that guy's got some skills. He was kicking the absolute shit out of me <laughs> until I nailed him. Right, until I nailed him I've got it on video I nailed him and he was cleaned out sparkled poof wow right? and uh, I ran over to finish him and he was already gone so I took his gum shield out for him and that as well but then this other guy who's a, a so called friend of mine me and him were meeting in the finals he goes because up until then I'd knocked everybody out right <laughs> and he's going and he's going I don't want knocked out I don't want knocked out you know? and I, I was, he goes I'm, I'm, I'm pulling out and I stupidly stupidly Talk to him and he said, come on, you know, we'll just play around and, yeah, and give him a, yeah, give yeah, him a, a, a nice d- d- display of wind churn and stuff like that. And then, oh, all right, you're not going to knock me out. No, 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 no. Like, so he knocked me out. He sparked me and I'm trying to get the referees, pull me down. And, and all, that, all, all the guys around me, they were all, they were going to kill him. Eh? Wow. He took a liberty. That's going, bad, He tried to knock me out. And they're all going, if he tried to knock you, he would You'd be knocked out. Because like, I was throwing empty punches. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You still have to make it look real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like when a boxer spars, he still Yeah, yeah. And I, so I was throwing empty punches, and he went, boom. And, and I still can't even bring myself into watching the, the footage. Really? I, I, I can't do it. Because it's such a liberty. And it, it, so that, that was that, right? But then, um, in between times then, I was there, uh, I started, uh, for the next match, he brought a guy up called Bill Newman. Bill Newman, yeah. Again, this, this is. But you see, this is new to me when you because we were only talking on Facebook, and I said, "How's your training going?" And then you said about it, and then I, I was like, "Carly, screamer, how long have you been doing it? About seventeen years." And yeah. I was like, "What? How, yeah. I didn't explain this. I didn't tell me Bill Newman's something else, man. He's, he's brilliant, eh? And uh, so, so um, he he only. Sp- teachers in Germany and all that stuff yeah because he was connected for a long time with Kernspect and those boys yeah he um, I, I said to him I go, I go you don't get any classes in, in, in Britain and that he goes no I wouldn't waste my time mate. wouldn't waste my time he says I'm coming, coming to classes and stuff and no, nobody's got a dedication he says you go to Germany he says the classes packed, packed out packed out yeah and uh, so I, I got my taste of that and I loved it and then I didn't do anything for a while and uh, see again my life's full of coincidences right yeah one of my students, when I was teaching Wing Chun, he said, um, oh, I can't make class that night, I, I, I do a screamer. I goes, in Edinburgh? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And it turns out, he's another German guy. Wow. And, and his name was, uh, let me think of his name. Um, that'll come back to me. But uh, anyway, so I went to this guy's class, and uh, he, 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 it was great. I thought, this is brilliant. It wasn't a very big, busy class. Because it, was it was a silly time, it was about half past two and a half. A Saturday afternoon, wow. half two, half four, or something. And uh, well, was, his name was in the tip of my tongue there. Um, Hertzberg, um, what was his first name? Something Hertzberg, his name was. And um, so I think he was at a wee quandary with his teaching and his learning. Yeah. So what he started doing was he, he was looking at um, bringing somebody else up as a, for a seminar and see if he could go yeah. into them, right? He brought Pat O'Malley up. Wow. So Pat Mali came up for a seminar, him and Lucy, and uh, and I just thought it was amazing. I was like... Pat's a charismatic dude, right? right? Yeah, he's, yeah right. he's a good crack. And uh, so, uh, Abdurrahman Hertzberg, that's what his name is, Abdurrahman Hertzberg. Wow. And um, so... Good recall, so, man. He, he, was, he, was, he was a... We didn't know this at the time. Which is, it's irrelevant, really, to, to other things, but he's obviously a Muslim German, right? Um, so... Pat, as you know, likes a, a bit of a drink. Yes. So, but when, when you got a seminar with Pat, um, you own him for the two days. You're paying for him, you own him. Yes. If you want to train 24 hours, he'll train 24 hours. That's the way it goes. So so me and Pat got really, really well. Swapped phone numbers before he, uh, Abdurrahman took him away. Now, he, Pat thought that he was going to go to Abdurrahman's place and do a bit of private training and stuff like that. But what did he do? He dropped him at the hotel and then says, see you in the morning. Oh, so, so Pat phones me, right? And he says, Where are you, Huge mate? Huge mistake. Right? Where are you, mate? I said, I'm still in the pub. Ah. So we made arrangements to meet up to go out, and then we had a good time and all that stuff. And Abdurrahman was really pissed at that. Oh, Because when he comes up on Sunday morning, we were all like that, we were absolutely hungover. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just fell in love with it. 
But Abdurrahman, uh, he didn't last very long after that, and he didn't take up part. So what I did was then I started going down to train with part. Right. And I, now, when is this? Two thousand. Maybe about two thousand. Maybe maybe just a wee bit before. Can't remember. Right. Uh, so I, I started training with him, and I trained with him right up until we had a fallout. And uh, 2013 or something, 2012. Right. Now, in that time, credit where it's due, um, I obviously I'd never competed in this stuff before. It was all new to me. I only, I only went because of the knives. I love the knife stuff. Yes. Because I don't care how good you are at Wing Chun, you have no knife skills. No. No knife skills. And you shouldn't be teaching any knife skills anyway, because you don't have them. There's, there's no knife techniques in Wing Chun. So I thought, because knife crime in Scotland's pretty big. So I, that's what I was interested in. Um, but it turns out I was not I was not too bad with the sticks. So Pat stuck me in this wee tournament thing, it was at Zenny uh, one time and I fought one of um I'm shit with names, um he lives around about here uh does a Filipino st- uh, oh, Krishna Godanya. Krishna, yeah Krishna, one of his guys. Uh, one of Krishna's boys, yeah? Yeah, a bit of shit. Was that the week half? Padded stick. No, no, that's just padded stick. Padded stick. Padded stick. You ever done padded sticks? Padded, yeah, I, I tell you right now, people you turn around and people go, I do weak half, and I always uh, uh, do padded stick. Padded stick will hurt a lot more because, oh, yeah, yeah. The week, I've, I've had this hand broken twice and that one hand broken once. Yeah, you stick. see, I, I don't, you know, you see that, like, fair play to the Dog Brothers doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't last very long. I don't think it's very... Uh, the fights don't last very long. No, it always goes to the floor. Always goes to the floor. If you don't know anything about strict grappling, you're screwballed. Yeah. Uh, me, personally, if you go to the floor, you don't know anything about stick grappling, ditch your stick and just kick the head off the guy. Because, yeah. you know, as I've said before and I'll say it again, you know, it's like the old shock knife sparring. Uh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that's a fake knife. This is a real fucking fist. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the way, right. I, that's way I look right. at it. Absolutely right. But it, for me, the, the, the pad is stick... It's more real than. Yeah, the, it, the it, I think it, I think I think the padded stick is as near as uh, common sense would dictate yeah. you should go. It's pure violence. Yeah, that's it. That's it's pure just, violence. And it, I it, it. Yeah, I, I think it's great. Padded sticks are great. I, I um, so I won that one there, um, and then that was it. that was me getting a taste for it. So we went to uh, Pat started a, a tournament with the British Championships. I can't remember the name of the organisation he set up off the top of my head now. But um but I, I won the, the single stick and I won the double stick. Really? Yeah. Wow man. Right, you know John Broster? Yeah, I know John, John yeah, two sticks, man, yeah. John Broster. Yeah, right. John's a great guy. He broke my hand, bastard. John did? Yes. John, you're yeah. listening to this. Yeah, John broke my hand. <laughs> he's a bugger. Yeah, he kept hitting me in the nipples as well. I don't oh, know if that was legal. Bad man, he wouldn't but, care. But see speaking about John John is one of the most talented martial artists I've ever met. He was inspiring to me. He, he he was the one that started making me look at Salat like more morning. Or, yeah. Okay? It was him, him that put us... He's like an encyclopedia. No, and do you know what the crazy thing is? You speak to anyone... You speak to anyone... Um, he's criminally unknown, first of all. Criminally unknown. And then you'll speak to a guy who knows him from jiu-jitsu and then doesn't realise that he does stick fighting. Yeah. You speak to a guy who... You, know, you speak to him like, about, about the Salat. And they don't know he does jujitsu. And he's, I don't know if, you know, John's listening, you might correct me on this. He's at the very least a purple belt and the victor of steamer. Right. right. In Brazilian jiu jitsu. So he's a wicked man and a great guy. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really nice guy. Like I say, if you're listening, John, you were an, an inspiration in my life. You were an inspiration, mate. You made me start looking at all these other things. Yeah. You know, and all these different types of Filipino martial arts as well. And and again, you know, unfortunately, the way, the way things go went with Pat and stuff like that. You know, he, he can blame me, I can blame him, it doesn't matter. Um, I don't have time for politics, I don't have time for people who keep talking down about people and all that yeah. I don't have time for um, and lying. And, uh, but he introduced me a guy called Peter Lewis. You know the Peter Lewis yeah. magazines, but Peter Lewis back by Karen Yes, Christmas. yeah. Again, he's another underrated guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was training him last night. Really? I was training him last night. He's he's my he's my, my instructor. He's in Worcester. Yes. Yeah, I, I know. Dro- I drove all the way down. I, I used to go down, down to him uh, kind of semi regularly, as best I could through my job and stuff like that. All the way down. And you know, that man never charges me for for. for, for wow. Really? I, I, I travel all the way down there. I keep trying to get, give him money. He just don't take it. He's, he's such an amazing guy. And his skill is phenomenal. Yeah. And I, but I, I love to see the Carrie Well, that is just the real deal. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. So I was training him last night for a couple of hours before I, I, I drove down last year. Aid, Aid Rhodes, Aid Rhodes told me, because Aid said, uh, 
what time you come down you were like I got a train you came down trained for two hours and then went to the hotel about 10 o'clock I think was the plan yeah 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 that's what he said he yeah. said I had a few beers I was buzzing I was, I was mad for it so what I'm, if you don't mind we're going to go into this just because mm. I remember looking up on Facebook and I can't remember how it worked out but I was looking at Facebook and you tagged yourself in in the middle of Canada mm-hmm and I knew that you, I, I remember you said, mentioning to me that you were thinking about going over. Mm-hmm. Is that, how did, how does a guy from Scotland end up being in the middle of like, like medicine hat in like Canada? Well, you see, I've, as we were talking earlier uh, off mic, Edinburgh is a, is a crazy place to try and make a living. I've tried a few times to make a living at teaching martial arts, that's what I always wanted to do. I, I, I had a dream, right? And uh, again, there's a there's a there's a guy called Tyrone Monaghan. You ever heard of Tyrone Monaghan? Yeah. His dad, Paddy Monaghan. Yeah, yeah. So, well, he's a very good friend of mine. Right. And, uh, and he he was telling me about. He used to be a personal trainer. Obviously, he, he was a bare knuckle fighter. He was a professional boxer. Yeah. You know, obviously, his dad is a famous. But Paddy Paddy trainer. Paddy Monaghan's really yeah. well known. Yeah. And um, so um, he 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 told me his idea. What he does, what he does in inner skilling. He had this. Uh, uh, I'll just tell everybody now anyway, because this was our secret, right? So he he had this room, just a wee square room, and bags all around it, punch bags, yeah, and a bag in the middle, yeah. So he he would he would just get the class. Everybody say, okay, start with a jab, start with a jab, jab, cross, jab, cross, and he would just build up the combinations, and then all these people would all follow on. And he said, if if you can, if I can make that work in Enniskillen, you can make it work in, in Edinburgh. So anyway, this guy I was I was teaching privately in personal training and stuff. He was a millionaire. He owned a, a cinema, Dominion Cinema in Edinburgh, right? And uh, he, he said uh, he, he was impressed with me, you know, and, and, and he thought it was a crying shame that I, I could do all this stuff and I was a truck driver. Yeah. So he says, "Do you want to meet up one one night?" I says, "I ah, okay." He says, "We'll have a chat." And I says, "Right." And he said, um, "He said uh, he goes, what's your dream?" And I said to him at the time, I goes, I don't have a dream. He goes, what do you mean you don't have a dream? I goes, I used to have a dream. I said, but I don't have a dream anymore. I said, I'm fed up dreaming. I said, because I, 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 want, I wanted to own and operate a full-time martial arts school. Tried a couple of times yet, and it's just not happening. And uh, he says, well, t- I'd like to help you. I goes, aye, of course. He says, no, I would. He says, I want to build you a gym. He says, I want to do it for you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So he says, tell me your dream. So I explained it all to him in great detail, and then never thought any, any more of it. And about a year later, he, he, he contacts me and says, he goes, hey, got a business meeting, he says, I'll show you the plans that I've drawn up a while. Plans of what? He goes, this, this gym. So anyway, um, cut a long story short, he built up a gym, interfered with it too much and it didn't work. Right. But I, but I, it was getting a bit busier and stuff like that as well, but he kept, like the sticks, for example, it was in a cinema, I remember, right? And yeah. He put three walls up uh, to, to, for soundproof for, the, for the, the cinema next door, the, the, the screen next door. But the, the, the high pitch of the click of the sticks still travelled through. So he's telling me, can you not do a stick class with no sticks? Or parrot sticks, right? But you can't hit parrot sticks with no. parrot sticks. They break too easy. That's yeah. not with a foil for hitting people. So anyway, he just had a feeling he tried to change the, the, the timetable bar and it was just starting to die of death. Yeah. Now, I, I'd say to all my students, I says, listen, I'm not joking, by the way. This is the last time. If this goes in its arse, I'm out of here. I'm gone. Simple as that. Yeah. It went on its arse and I bolted. I'd always wanted to truck around Canada and America. It was a, 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 on my bucket list. Right. So I did it. I did it. Yeah. And then, like I was saying to you, um, unfortunately, what happened then was, you know, the Tim Hortons and McDonald's were cutting all the Canadians' hours, bringing Filipinos in, paying them peanuts. The whole thing went mad. Then the government says, well, no more work permits, no more visas. So, which didn't bother me as I was saying to you. Yeah, you were already working. I was there. But then... They said no, no company's allowed to have anyone thirty percent of their workforce is foreigners. Company I was working for eighty five percent foreigners, so I eventually I ended up having to come back, run out of money. And uh, but as I was telling you, the mushy story. I love it. Sixteen, seventeen years previous to this, I used to get with this girl, and I never, ever, ever got over her. And then when I came back for Canada, and well, just it's, we spoke briefly just before I went. She couldn't believe it. Why well, are you going to Canada? And I was like, so then. We started speaking uh, more regularly on Facebook, and then eventually we met up, and that's us together. You know, that's that's nearly two years now. 
Yeah, but you, you know, how cool is that? It's, it's, she's a girl in my dreams. It's, it's, I never go over her, never. Really? That is awesome. So what? what's the future hold for you then, Paul? Well, to be honest, Mick, it's quite sad, yeah, but I, I don't really know. I don't know because, see, I've, I've, I've just recently got a, a new job. This has been going back on the long distance. So kind of backwards, if you know what I mean. But um, I was doing uh, agency work self-employed and uh, sometimes you know you, you know what it's like if you're self-employed yeah. if you don't work you're not getting any money there's no sick pay there's no holiday pay I've, I've, I've never worked for anyone I've always worked for myself you see it's, um, obviously if you do a big job you know there's a big payoff. yes mine's just paid by the other dependent and lorry drivers in, in this country still get paid peanuts yeah and, and the problem is there's only 24 hours in the day and exactly. you're only allowed the tach- the tachograph yep. doesn't help you out either no, it, does not, it does not help us out I mean, obviously it's a safety thing, and that wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, drivers fall asleep at the wheel and stuff. No. But you're limited to your earnings, basically, right? So, but as a, I'm not getting any younger, I've went back to full-time employment now because right. I need that holiday pay, I need that pension, I need that yeah. sick money, all that kind of stuff, that security. It's not ideal now because, as you as you probably been reading on Facebook, I've been in the gym every day. Yes. Before I go to my work, see, I got up at four o'clock in the morning and I go to the gym, then I go to work. I work 12, 30, 40, 15 hours. So I drive an hour to work and an hour back because I work in Glasgow, I live in Edinburgh. Yeah. And people say to me, you know, that's dedication, you're getting up at that time in the morning. But I, I, I heard this um, interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger once and he was saying that, he goes, he had to work to make a living and the only time he could get to the gym was to get up earlier. He got up at four o'clock. Yeah. I thought I could do that. Yeah. It was hard at first, but do you, do you want to look good or do you want to look like a bag of shit? How bad do you want it? Yeah, exactly. So, so, I, so that's, what, that's what I did. But now, obviously, if I go back in the long distance, I don't get to go to the gym anymore in the mornings. But what I used to do when I was in the long distance before was I'd bring kettlebells and dumbbells in the truck and a skipping rope. Yeah. So I would just do wee bits. Then I would go to the gym on the Saturday and Sunday when I'm back. Yes. So you, you can still you can still work. You, you'll get the workout. I teach a class. The only, only class I teach is on a Sunday. I teach a Wing Chun class. And I teach a Cali class as well. Yeah. But um, but but Pat O'Malley um, he took us to the Philippines. To fight in the, the world championships. What year was this? This was uh, two th- two thousand. And... Was that with Andy? Was that Andy Nugent? Was there? No. Um, there was only the only people went went over was was, was me. It was my ex wife at the time, uh, Pat and Lucy, and uh, there's a wee girl. Can't remember what her name is now. Kane, somebody Kane, Rebecca Kane. Yes. She 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 was there as well. This is two thousand and. What is this? Two thousand and six, two thousand five, two thousand six. Right. Because I won Mr. Scotland Bodybuilding Championships in two thousand five. Jesus Christ! You're pulling all uh, this out of the well, bag on me. I never knew this. Well, what happened was going back to the to, to the to the thing. Mind when I said that I, I, I was fighting Mark Strange. Yeah. Right. So, I never fought again in any of that kind of stuff for ten years. I didn't. I didn't realise it was ten years. I didn't realise. It was the tenth anniversary of this competition, either. Right. And uh, so I entered it, and I, I was, I was, uh, wait, it was a thirty-nine. I was thirty-nine. And uh, now what I did was I trained harder than I've ever trained in my life. Right. Because competition is not my thing. I'm older, and uh, I knew all these guys were younger, and it's their game. So I thought, well, I'm going to be taking some punishment here. So I trained myself to. To take punishment, basically, right? <laughs> to take punishment, and I trained, and I trained, and I trained, and 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 I won it, and I won it, and uh, so my, my mates said to me at the time, two thousand three, that was right, because I won this Mr. Scotland two thousand four, so that was in September two thousand three, and Mr. Scotland was in May two thousand four, yeah, which would have been my thirty ninth birthday, and um, so he says I was in amazing shape, you know, six pack abs, ripped to the bone, yeah. fifteen seven. And uh, he says, why don't you go to the, Scot- to the Scottish? And I thought, I could do that. So I, I trained hard, I got the diet right and all that, and I won Mr. Scott in 2004. Wow. Then it was, two, it was 2005, 2000, 2004, I went to Hong Kong with, with Sam Clark. That was a great experience in China wow. and stuff like that as well. And in 2005, uh, I went to the Philippines. To this day, it's still the best thing I've ever done. Really? Because it, it, it's... In the Filipino world, um, Tony Diego was the best yes. player on the planet. Yeah. And I always wanted to train with Tony Diego, and I, I managed to train with him for a week. 
Jim, I've never known this. Yeah, for a weekend, wow, man. Video footage. He made me promise you not to put it out there. It's only for my yeah. personal use. And yet, that, that, this guy is just a wizard. A wizard. Unbelievable, this stuff. Unbelievable. Wow. And I, I was just in complete awe of the man. But me personally, I'll tell you right now, just as he's saying this, just as a life experience, you should be teaching all the time. And I know how hard it is yeah. to say it because, again, well, yeah, and the, we we we'll we'll wrap up on this. The killer is there's the when you when you're in somewhere like Edinburgh, it, there is it's a transient transient yeah. city. People are in, people are out, and unfortunately, right now, quality. Yeah, this is and yeah, for another time we'll get, discuss at length of this. The dilution of what passes for martial arts in this country nowadays yeah as i always say when people say to me i'm a great martial artist i always say no the level's that bad that i'm quite good in this country <laughs> right that's how it works for me see if i could just see some quick things here right just to, to yeah to, to, to show you what kind of path i headed on right um i have to give credit to a guy called ian abernethy yeah ian's top man ian yeah. abernethy now i, I went on a, on a week's residential course Jeff Thompson, Peter Constein, Ian Abernethy, Dave Hazard, yes. and Russell Stutley. So, uh, in the bar after the training, I was picking Ian's brain. So, how do you discover these applications, cat and blah, blah, blah. And then when I walked away from there, back in my truck, I'm driving for hours, and then I'm thinking, but what he said, and he always, this, this sounds really simplistic, right? There are no wasted applications in a cat or form. There's no wasted applications. Every single hand position, every movement, it's for fighting. Yeah. So I was, this is my head. So I would I would go through all the things in my head. What was I taught? What does that remind me? What experience have I got? Could I use that? What what kind of thing? And and I I completely changed all the applications and forms, everything that I was ever taught. Because most of what Wing Chun people are taught, and I'll say this openly, right, is bollocks. Right. The applications <laughs> and forms is absolute bollocks. Nonsense. Something it would never never ever work in a million years. You know. And. It's a shame that the camera because I can show you some of these things yeah. that people are saying. But they're all they're all following other people's opinions. Yip Man simplified Wing Chun and whose opinion? Yes. You know, is it Bruce Lee took all the best techniques of all the different arts and whose opinion? Bruce you know, Lee's opinion. Exactly. On that day. On that day. That's right. Under those environments. But, but then a lot of people they don't see that part. They don't see it. They just go, oh, this guy said this and this guy said that, like sheep. Pure sheep. The the the, the thing is, is is as well as um, the the one of the best things that Bruce Lee ever said. I have to say, there's some of the things that I don't agree with. Whatsoever, Same here. Whatsoever. Right? Uh, best thing he ever said was develop your attributes. Develop yes. Your, when I, since I was a young boy, right, I've been obsessed with fighting. And so I was saying to the guys today, right, every time I, somebody'd say he's a great fighter, he's the best fighter in the town, I go, why? Why is he the best fighter? And there's only two reasons everybody ever gave you, right? He can, he's fast as fuck, or he can hit hard as fuck. Yeah. Some people can hit hard and fast. They were the better fighters. Yes. So I thought <laughs> in my, my small brain at the time, I'm thinking, right, I just need to work on my speed and I'm working my power. Now, I was I, I was a, a 19 stone bodybuilder and I was faster than a flyweight box. You can look at any of my clips on Yeah, YouTube. I've seen it. Yeah. It, guys, hands. Paul Smith, YouTube. Now, there, there is some of the things in there um, which was pre-speaking to Ian Abernethy. Right. Now, since Ian Abernethy, my Wing Chun applications has completely changed right round. That man, karate man, ideas from a karate man, <laughs> completely changed my Wing Chun. Completely changed it. Yeah, but you were a karate man in front of an Oida once. Absolutely. I, but again, like, the, the stuff that Ian is teaching, in my opinion, is better than what Anoida was teaching. Anoida was great at what he yeah. did. a phenomenal guy. But, but he was still doing this, the same shitty applications of the cat as everybody else was doing. Yes. Because he didn't know any better. He could just, what, what he knew, he could apply properly. Well, you see, this is one of the, one of the only things that like, I do agree with Bruce Lee was, Bruce Lee was like, you know, liberate yourself from the from the classical mess. And it was like, why do you do, why are you doing that? And, you know, why don't, because that's what we've always done. You go, no, no, why don't you do something differently? But then what I d then saw was I saw Bruce Lee go back on that. Yeah. And he wasn't practicing what he was preaching no, on. No, that's right. He said the truth lies outside of all fixed positions. No, it doesn't. The truth lies inside fixed positions. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy you said this. Reference point. That was the first time, first time we met 
you said to me and I turned around to you and I don't know do you remember do you remember when you said it to yeah. me I said so one thing I don't I don't agree with Bruce Lee and I turned around to you and said yeah but I'm not a fucking Bruce Lee fan anyway yeah. <laughs> yeah. so they don't they don't really lie within fixed outside fixed but what I was talk, what I was talking to the guys today was the, the, the thing about my, my lesson was context right so people say um, like there's, there's guys I'm not slagging at anybody right I'm just they're, they're, the stuff they're saying is probably correct in their context, right? So if you're if you if you if you're you're, you're doing Wing Chun and uh, for self defence, which I said to the guy, I says probably most in here to say, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like after himself, right? So 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 the, the the big word buzzword in Wing Chun now is force flow. Yes. You're talking about the force flow, right? Yeah. And 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 then the snake engine and stuff. It's absolute fucking no bearing on self defence whatsoever. You're, it's not necessary to know these things. Normal people with normal life, with working family, you've only got a set amount of hours uh, to, 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 to dedicate to, to your training, right? So if you're going to train for self-defence, you have to commit the hours properly to that specific yeah, context. Yeah, yeah. No, you, know? you see, this is the thing. If you want to be a martial artist, then, then great, because that's what I think I am. I'm a martial artist. I like it. I like all the stuff, especially... But what I'll do is I'll turn around and say, by the way, I don't think it's got anything to do with martial arts. I think it helps develop your, attribu your, your attributes. Uh, the functionality, not really, but I always say, but I'm not a painter and decorator. I'm trying to be Michelangelo. That's the difference. Yeah. And I said, I'm not knocking a painter and decorator because I'm a plasterer by trade. But what I'm telling you is, I want to be better than I am. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what... Paul, we're going to have to wrap up with my friend. But do you know what? It's been an absolute pleasure. I tell you, it's great to see you on such great form. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, and still got the boyish good looks, <laughs> head full of hair, you know, looking, looking. And, and as I've said before, yeah, you are literally one of the scariest men I know. Because I watch Braveheart and I know how to Scotsman are. But Scotsmen who really know how to fight, now you really fucked. Thanks again, my friend. Thank, thank you, you sir. Thanks for ah, Thanks for listening today. We have a brand new show every Friday. You can listen to all our interviews on MixedMartialArts.com. Mixed Martial Arts is a Paint Your Headphones production. Wow.